0: The good, the bad, and the busherian. The good, the bad, and the busherian. And folks, you're listening to the good, the bad, and the busherian.
1: So the difference between me and maybe your generation is uh-huh. that even if even if I was impatient for results, I. I I knew it was a long term vision, and I put in the steps and the work to get there. So yeah. I didn't say I want to be CEO today. No. In the village, is still going to fetch water in the river, so the women at the village is still going to fetch firewood. So we've not yet fully addressed the disparities across board, and mm-hmm. and I don't want us to think that when we address them at corporate level and get some women on boards and sea suits, we fix the entire problem. It's one way to do it because we start elevating the tenor of discourse around gender issues, but we need to really fix all the systemic issues that affect women in society that continue to hold back women. Early marriage is still happening. Girls are still getting circumcised. So we need to continue to fix those issues. I, I hear people say that oh, now we've done enough women empowerment, now we should focus on the boy child. I don't agree because until we have ad- addressed, and it, it's not about women, it's about gender. I, I just did a fellowship, the Eisenhower Fellowship in the, in the US. I was there for almost two months uh, in, from October. And at the end of it, they wanted me to give the speech on behalf of all the fellows. And I had just lost my mom a week before that. So when they reached out, and asked me to do it, I almost said no. Because my state of mind, you can imagine yeah. at that point. Yeah. But even then, I said yes. And I told them, "My, I am mentally not there, but I know by the time I need to do it, I will be mentally there. One of the privileges I've had is I've stood on the shoulders of giants. I remember when I was appointed CEO. I went to Manu
0: Chandaria's house. It's your boy, Billy, and we're back at it with another episode. Actually, we are back at it with another season. hope you guys are keeping well, keeping safe, and you're excited for season three. As I am, as I told you guys... This season, this year, we start with a bang. And I just want to thank you guys again for always gracing us and uh, giving us your time to listen to the podcast every Sunday. So for season three, again, I hope you guys will give us your indulgence. But today, my guest in studio is Phyllis Wakiaga, who is an accomplished professional with over 15 years of experience in the private sector development, public policy formation. ...and a stakeholder in government relations... ...and she's currently the Senior Private Sector Development Advisor... ...on Industrial Relations Practice... ...at the Tony Blair Institute of Global Change... Hey, Phyllis, ...and is also the immediate former... ...Chief Executive of the Kenya Association of Manufacturers... ...and she got into this position when she was 32 guys... ...can you imagine that... ...how everyone's dream to be a CEO by 30, right and uh, also currently the chair of the united nations global compact network kenya chapter and she's also an advocate of the high court of kenya and so this is giving me hope that one day inshallah i shall get there as well but uh, well she's also been recognized severally in the business daily for top 40 and affording business in 2016 top 10 kenyan communicators in 2017 top uh, top african economic leaders for tomorrow uh, Africa uh, top 100 African list 2018, 2019, most inflation people are African descent global 100 under 40. Guys, I think I'll just write her whole bio on the link in, in the description below because if I keep on reading this, we may go for on for hours and hours. But I'm happy to have such a mover in society on my podcast and such a trailblazer. And so she'll be telling us a lot about that even as we start this season. You know, it's the new year. All of us have high dreams, high hopes. We're very ambitious when the new year clocks in. So we don't want to hear about that. But as well, Phyllis, we need to tell the guys that we're also having a dinner c- coming this weekend on the 7th of January at the Radisson Blue. Where it will be a mentorship program for young professionals and seasoned professionals like yourself, actually. Come to tell us one or two things on how we can get to have such long bios. <laughs> and so I'm looking forward to that this partnership between... Teenside by Phyllis Wakiaga and the Good the Bad and the Busham podcast, where people touch people. And so that is one of that's our first initiative of this year where we want to bring the sea to you. And I know sometimes when you reach out to Akina Phyllis on LinkedIn, sometimes it's very hard because they get so many DMs. I can Im- imagine how hard it is to re- be replying to a hundred billies. So hope to see you guys this weekend. So Phyllis <laughs>
1: You're out of the country. Mm, okay i'm in the neighboring country
0: but i love so my the phone
1: life. so basically i'm not i'm not in the network do you <laughs> hey i love your life
0: ah i oh, can't it. Hey. oh god <laughs> the okay. question I want, to ask you, I want to ask you how many countries you've traveled to but i should be asking how many which countries haven't you traveled? Oh, quite to? a
1: big my dear there are many i haven't gone to Many, really? many. i well, a lot, but there are also many countries I haven't gone to. Because, see, the thing with travel, there are places you'll go to typically more than others. Mm-hmm. So there are certain countries you go to a lot, a lot, and then there are some you don't. So, for example, what so, would you take me to Greece? So unless it's, yeah. So I travel, but I can't... Okay, I've traveled. anyway. you have traveled a lot. but <laughs> <yes. laughs> so I still feel like so, there are so many places I haven't been to.
0: So top of my... Top questions. One one, the best uh-huh. country you've traveled to so far. And two, okay. your dream destination uh-huh. now, as of now. Wow.
1: My dream destination.
0: Okay. So you gun.
1: Oh, so the best country I've been to. Um, Yet. my favorite country is Italy. I love Italy. Really? Um, when I visited Oh yeah, I do the culture, yeah. the history, the stories um just going to the you know just going around italy listening to stories from the 18th century um going to places like rome visiting the vatican going to firenze the tower of Pisa. so i found it so touristic and nice
0: mm-hmm.
1: right. so i really love italy i i i i think it's my favorite destination
0: i added to of, my bucket list <laughs>
1: Please do. Italy is beautiful.
0: And dream destination now?
1: Woo! My dream destination now... um, I'm curious about visiting... By the way, my dream destination is Cairo. I've never been to Cairo.
0: No way. I've been been through...
1: I promise you, I've been through Cairo, but not in Cairo. So I've been even to Shamal Sheikh. The island, um, the, the, the Egyptian island, but I've never been to Cairo. So my dream destination now is Cairo.
0: There's no, I, if I would, if I'd guess any country, any cities you've been to in Africa, <laughs> that would be one of the top. It's like you're telling me you want to go back. <laughs> do you know my other dream
1: destination?
0: Mm-hmm. Lagos. I've never been to Nigeria. You know, Felix, you can say psych now. This is your time to say psych. Imagine I am so serious in all my no.
1: travels. Mm-hmm. Anytime there was a reason to go to Nigeria, somehow even my KQ when I worked at Kenya Airways, even when I've been at, funny enough, nothing has taken me to Nigeria. Really? Yes, I would love to go. It's not my dream destination, but it's somewhere I must go soon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just to see
0: so, <laughs> the grandness of of, of the Nigers. So top of, top question is. When you are, when yes. little Phyllis, did she imagine mm-hmm. her life would be like this, the way it is in this very moment?
1: What is my life like? I don't know.
0: Did little Phyllis imagine uh, it to be like this? Like what? <laughs> the travel, so, CEO the, at 30, imagine CEO
1: if in dream. my 30s. I, I dreamt, I knew that I had big dreams and mm-hmm. I was very, I was very vocal about it so i would i would actually speak a lot about how i do big things and yeah so i was i i, I did have big dreams but for mm-hmm. me it's been a blessing it's been a blessing to come to see a lot of the things i dreamt for come to pass because i uh-huh. can just say god has been faithful um um I've, I've, the things i've dreamt the things i've thought of the things i've written down and visioned about have come to pass many of them so I'm, mm. I'm, I'm,
0: I'm truly blessed. I don't take it for granted. You at the end of this podcast, you'll give us the word for word prayer. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the detailed script. Detailed. <laughs> Even the footsteps and the commas. I know. And the, <laughs> the yeah. tears as if there were any. Oh,
1: yeah. Along this journey, they are always there's everything. The thing with it is, the one thing i've learned to appreciate have we started when are we starting We've but started. anyway the one what okay the mean? one thing i've <laughs> the one thing i've learned to appreciate uh-huh. as, as i've walked this journey is to enjoy the journey i think when okay. i was younger i was more impatient i was i was waiting for the end game i want to okay. graduate i want to finish high school i want to go to uni i want to you know i had those milestones and end games that i i want to be get my masters and all those things. So I was very, very keen on the end game. And maybe I spent less time just severing the moment and enjoying the journey. Mm-hmm. So the the lesson I have and for my future, I want to enjoy the journey much more. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm more deliberate now and and I'm I'm kinder to myself. Um I'm, I'm I'm able to say okay that's the end game but enjoy the journey as you get there. Yeah, and enjoy it more because the journey is even more important than the destination mm, the lessons true. you learn along the way the people you meet along the way the experiences and sometimes we're in such a hurry to get to the de- destination that we don't stop to smell the coffee to just look at the sunset and just enjoy the moment yeah, yeah. so like today I'm actually in Arusha and I'm i I'm. I'm, 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 I'm I'm staying somewhere really nice, but my normal self would have just sat in my room. I've gone and walked around, taken photos, looked at their coffee farm, looked at their, their the the detail of the place and just enjoyed the moment. So I'm becoming more deliberate about that now.
0: Ah, interesting. And <laughs> that's very actually very interesting. Because even uh, for people who do mm-hmm. the gym, they'll always tell you, enjoy the journey. Because at the gym, you always want yeah. to lose weight or look a certain way. Then you look yeah. that way. It's somewhat at some, sometimes very underwhelming because how you perceive it in your mind, you thought it'd be such a great thing, but then okay, I've lost weight, so what next? You know, it's an anti-climax, yeah. Yes, mm. if it's, it will always be an anti-climax,
1: yeah.
0: but for you again, you've talked about how when you're younger, you were very impatient, which is a lot of us, especially Gen Z. You have a lot of Gen Z in your house and you interact with a lot of Gen Z, so you yes. know how impatient we are. How uh, Billy was by 20, she then. You then want to think at the. Yes, start your own process. company.
1: There's, but I think <laughs> I, I, I was impatient, but I was patient. But but I was ready to put in the time and the hard work. And what I was impatient about is once I set the goals and say, "Be CEO before I'm 35," I then worked towards it and did what I thought would be the steps to get me there. So I said I want to have my masters by this time or we'll do this, so I'll do the things that I need to do to get there. So, for example. If you want to be ceo you have to develop the technical skills you have to develop the leadership skills you have to be mentored you have to learn under someone you have to read a lot you have to go to school so there's a lot of work that goes into it so the impatience of i want it now but have you built the muscle for what you Mm. you you want now because you might want it now but do you have the ability to do it now yeah. So you could also be pushing yourself to your highest level of incompetence because you're not ready for it. So the difference between me and maybe your generation
0: <laughs> is uh-huh. that
1: even if even if I was impatient for results, I, I I knew it was a long-term vision and I put in the steps and the work to get there. So I yeah. didn't say, I want to be CEO today. No, I want to be CEO in X number of years and I'm 18 and to 35, these are the things I need to do to get there. So mm-hmm. I feel just... Putting in the hard work is is a great part of it. Building the competence, building the credibility, building your character along the way, because those are the key things you need yeah. to meet your purpose. Not all of us have to be CEOs, but, mm-hmm. but we need to really live a full life and, and 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 really fulfill the purpose for which God created us. Yeah. So whatever that means, for for everyone, it's actually something very different.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah. again, with that, Ali, you said how you were vocal about your dreams. So, again, mm-hmm. I talked to a lot of people who are very skeptical about that because of the evil eye and they're afraid that they'll jinx it. So, for you, how was that? And again, as you vocalized your dreams, was it something yes. tangible that you said, I want to be CEO of this place at this point, at this age? Or was it you had big You know how I also have big dreams, but you'd ask some of us what our big dreams are, but we, won't pinpoint and tell you I have big dreams to do this it'll be a generic answer so for you were these dreams as detailed or was it i want to be a ceo i don't know where i don't know what but i want to be a ceo i want to have done this that yeah
1: uh it, it was it was a mix first the vocal was not vocal on the stage to everyone but to people close to me because i'm mm-hmm. also a very private person
0: <laughs> so yes
1: to people close to me like my mom my siblings they would know and I would say it like a joke but for me it was not a joke so Mm -hmm. I journal a lot and I've always kept a journal from the time I was 16 so I would journal my thoughts Uh yes yeah I would journal my thoughts I would think through things and I always tell people that my most transformative book was actually the seven habits of highly effective people I read it when I was 18 and I you know the way you take a book and you make it your your journal I mean your your, your the book that you really look to and think through and write down and think so he tells you begin with the end in mind where do you want to be when you die so you write your personal mission statement and that's when I wrote some of those things down
0: mm-hmm. and
1: because of the power of writing down your dreams is a power that I can't even define and it mm. it's something now I did repeatedly so I would because I journal a lot I've, I've reduced nowadays but I used to journal a lot so along the way I would just write what I'm thinking yeah for career this is what I'm thinking yeah I want to study law when I'm done probably I, I should do this I should do this so I was doing a lot of things to grow along along the way um, mm-hmm. and that I think was was important so the, the dreaming big writing it down visioning it being accountable to myself and doing the things that needed to be done. So, but, but also giving credit to the fact that it was probably something beyond me because God was at the heart of it, directing yeah. my steps, probably giving me those dreams in my heart and giving me that purpose. Um, so that is something I really, really am clear about. My parents were also very supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, Um, along the way always um supporting listening to (laughs) my big dreams and 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 providing the guidance the wisdom and them themselves being very ambitious and grounded people so just giving us that grounding as children I remember my dad had a bookshop so when my age mates were probably sitting in the house I was working in his bookshop so from Mm. like the time I was in class six or seven every Mm -hmm. holiday I would go and work in the bookshop. And in De- December especially, because you can imagine people are buying books to go back to school in January, it would get busy to so sell books and then cover for guys. And so later when you think about it, you're, oh, so this work ethic probably started mm-hmm. <laughs> quite yeah. early without you knowing, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that upbringing. And also the, 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 the upbringing in church, because I went to Nairobi Central Church as a child, and um, and and that just that strong grounding and upbringing, um, but also finding yourself because somewhere along the way, I, I I was probably in high school. I went to Precious Blood Reuta, and it was a Catholic school. So my high school life, I was pretty much um, going to a Catholic school, attending their church and everything. So I've experienced, I mean, God in different ways, mm. um, and but but at the heart of it, always known that. He is the one in control of our lives. Whichever yeah. way we choose to either recognize him or, or worship him, but really he's the one in control. You don't have to journal every day. That's a really? mm-hmm. You just journal. No, you don't. You just journal when your mind takes you there. Sometimes yeah. it will take you there every day. Sometimes it's like writing. Sometimes you have mind block, you don't know, want to journal for a week, two weeks, a month. Even like this year I've journaled I've journaled intermittently, but I always, for me, that's how I always clarify my thoughts. Mm. I'll always end, end back there, even if it's a month or two. When I want to clarify my thoughts, I'll i I'll, I'll, I'll journal.
0: Yeah, for you now, you're always having an end in mind, right? So, how does that now um, replicate in your daily life? Do you have you read Atomic Habits, and do you? practice certain things on a daily basis because you know you are one of the one percenters or oh, and so we idolize one percenters and think you guys are very different from the rest of us so are you guys are there those tricks that you guys do that wake up at 5 a.m shower cold water or are you human like the rest of us
1: <laughs> oh my god first of all i'm not a okay it's interesting that you think i'm a one percenter that's that's interesting but you are how
0: many even you know
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, but, but,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but back to that question we're we're just human because the reality is there's a season in my life when I was fully I wake up at 4 30 every day I go and journal I read a book I read my bible I did I go exercise there's a time my life was like that and I did that for many years but then there are times that I don't <laughs> so Mm. So the reality and the thing I've learned is to also be gentle on yourself because you can't always be operating at that trajectory. Yeah. Because for example, I have four kids and every time I would get a child, of course, you go on maternity leave, your life slows down. Then you have to build back the habits again. But as I've grown older, I, I'm not, I don't have routines as much anymore, but they really helped when I, mm. when I had them and when I needed yeah. them. Now I feel like I don't need them that religiously, of course, there are certain things I still try and in in incorporate into my daily practice and my daily habits, but I don't do them as religiously and as rigorously as I did <laughs> eh. but I did for sure my twenties uh my twenties and my thirties, maybe until thirty five I was very rigorous about my routine
0: eh so now, if i <laughs> this end in mind, tomorrow for that, I'm awake. Yes. Just with uh, 14, don't, stress <laughs> don't stress yourself. Don't stress yourself. If you want to do, to if yourself, you wanna do it, serious. if you want
1: to do it, do it. Uh, Depending on what your end is. You see, that was yeah. my end at that time. If that's your end, like the world does, is, is very demanding. And you'll need to put in your energy, put in your time. That morning helps you to get clarity. You're able to think through some of the big things. You're able to start your day hours earlier. So you start your day very energized. It then makes you burden and lighter through the day. So that lifestyle needed that. Yeah. Today, my lifestyle does not necessarily need me to wake up at 4.30. Yeah. So because I've, now, now I'm not doing a, like a corporate CEO, high-strung, stressful job. Mm-hmm. my job is 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 deep and very very interesting and very demanding but not in that way yeah it's mentally demanding as opposed to that kind of demanding that comes with like a corporate executive role mm.
0: yeah and obviously my lady listeners won't forgive me if i don't ask you about how has it been being a lady first in the corporate world first again also to blazing like has it been easy and you know how you have even said sometimes you go on maternity and it slows you down and for probably the male mm-hmm. counterparts will it's some it's a reality i'll never have to experience i'll never have to you know give birth and so yeah. a few months will be taking off my you know work record yeah. you know so tell me mm-hmm. about that reality for you how was it for you Are there times you you are undercut because of that or do you feel like god has led you through and through that at no point do you ever feel like you are being shortchanged for being a lady and then again obviously you can give us some trick trick, tips and tricks on how to work smart in corporate because i know corporate is more about working smart than it is about working hard isn't it
1: yeah yeah it is
0: Mm -hmm. tell me about that
1: okay so about um the, the 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 gender lens i must Start by saying that I have a very supportive spouse. Uh, we've been together for 20 years. Um, Twenty. And, um, yeah.
0: Eh. Yeah. After but this nakuja you. notes.
1: Uh-huh. Yes, he's he's amazing, he's very supportive. So that I think has really been a strong pillar in this journey because this is a journey you can't do alone. Um, it's something that requires your whole social support system to come on board. So my husband has been that for me, very supportive. So enabling me to grow, encouraging me to take the great leaps and, and, and just helping me to really just achieve uh, my full purpose. Um, so has it been easy as a woman? I, 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 I sometimes get um, in a space about that question because, the reality is it is not easy for women, for sure, sure, because there are all the issues we talk about, the gender pay gaps, um, the, 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 the workplace, and the fact that women do not get uh, sometimes equal opportunities in certain sectors, in certain countries. And that has really been evident. For example, like if you look at our political landscape in the country and, 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 and the number of women who get elected um, if you look at the number of women in c in boards and everything so that is a reality um however we have seen in the last few years things starting to improve uh, more women are getting to the c in fact i think women ceos was at, is a trend actually in the world um, which 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 is good um we are becoming more um we are, we are vocalizing and speaking about the issues more and, and trying to find solutions to get more women involved in leadership, uh, which, which, is, which is great. We're also having our laws, our legislations, our policies becoming more gender sensitive and actually gender progressive to some aspect uh, mm-hmm. because you're seeing organizations, for example, um, giving maternity leave for three months because the law says it, but some are even giving six months some of the companies like EABL, you go and be for six months. And and others, even where I work currently, if I went on maternity, I would go for six months, but I have four children, so I don't think I'll ever go. So... Just add one more. <laughs> the Lord is blessing you. <laughs> to, to, to do so that I do my six months of leave. Eh? Yeah, yeah, So you think policies are doing that, yeah. And then things <laughs> like, the, like the crashes at the workplace. So our, we are seeing progressive policies that are actually supporting women a lot more. Uh, but I always say that despite the progress, we are not done with addressing the issues of gender until we are addressing them for everyone. So there are the quick the fixes we've done at corporate level, but the, the woman in, in the village is still going to fetch water in the river. So the women at the village is still going to fetch firewood. So we've not yet fully addressed the disparities across board. And mm-hmm. and I don't want us to think that when we address them at corporate level and get some women on boards and sea suits, we fix the entire prog- problem. It's one way to do it because we start elevating the tenor of discourse around gender issues, but we need to really fix all the systemic issues that affect women in society that continue to hold back women. I, early marriage is still happening. Girls are still getting circumcised. So we need to continue to fix those issues. I, I hear people say that Oh, now we've done enough women empowerment. Now we should focus on the boy child. I don't agree because until we have addressed, and it's not about women, it's about gender, giving equal opportunities to all sexes, supporting all of them to succeed and achieve whatever they're seeking to do in life. So it's a journey, but for sure, a lot of progress has been made over, over, over the years. But, you also speak to the issue of probably achieving work-life balance. Then how do you do it? Um, mm-hmm. I think for me, uh, one of the things is seeing how first of all you plan your time because the reality uh, <laughs> with with, the, with 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 the corporate world you have to be very disciplined about time, and that's why I'm telling you, like for years there, I would wake up at X time, 4.30, do my things. So if you're if if you're going to be successful and not like feel the pressure of being in those roles you have to be very deliberate about how you manage your time that I think is something that I would point out as very important Uh, the other thing of course is having that clarity on what your purpose is what your priorities are what your goals are because that way you're able to live a centered life you're not all over the place so if you know Mm -hmm. my energy is really going to be on this specific part of my life whether it's my career and these specific things and these are my goals it's going to be about family it's going to be about my social life being clear about that i think helps you to prioritize and plan well um and it becomes your compass like the thing that guides you through life mm-hmm. Um, another thing for me is about setting boundaries uh learning to set your boundaries and it's become more difficult today because like in my current role i probably i work from home most of the time (laughs) so that thing of saying when you get home um, drop Uh, the office at the door now the office is in the house with you so uh, it's becoming more important to learn how you to set your boundaries how when you're off your working hours to disconnect mentally and emotionally and be present for those around you and even for yourself uh because you don't want to eventually um achieve on one side of your life and and not succeed on the other and I think the other one is just ensuring that you're always keeping fit keeping healthy Um, because the the thing with the corporate world it can actually help make you develop even lifestyle diseases because of the speed you're sitting a lot of the time you're busy and there's a lot of stress in the type of work and deadlines and everything so just looking after your health and keeping fit um, Mm -hmm. is something I think I would say is is, is very important and then delegation learning that you can't do everything alone and there are things you have to delegate I have a very good house manager for example Jane has stayed with us for 14 years so mm. there are things in my life that are delegated in the, to Jane <laughs> that she can do there are things I delegate to my daughter because she's responsible enough to pick some things that need to be done for me there are things I'll delegate to different people so delegation even at work um, and at home because sometimes you want to be everything and, 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 and the reality is you can't be yeah, and yeah. lastly knowing yeah. that you mm, yeah you can't have it all at the same time mm, I always say women can have it all but you won't have it all at the same time so mm-hmm. learning which season you are in in your life and some of the things you have to sacrifice in that season So, for example, when you have small kids, you probably have to sacrifice going to the gym as much. Or Mm -hmm. you might have to sacrifice for that season, hanging out with all your friends. So, there there are seasons in life you might sacrifice some things, but it's just knowing that you can have it all, but maybe not at the same time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, for that, please tell me a bit more about... um having a supportive husband and the role it actually plays because some of us might <laughs> not understand the depth of that. I was reading an article uh-huh. about obviously the spouse you married, get married to yeah. can determine your trajectory financially, emotionally, etc, etc. So if yeah. you get married to someone who's not supportive, you might have mm-hmm. all the potential. You can say Phyllis had the potential when you should be, mm-hmm. but if the spouse didn't offer that support, then there's only so much that Please can do so please talk to me about that as well but i want to agree with you again on the boy child thing where we the boy child can't blame girl child empowerment for their follies where the culture is being the one's championing for the ladies are the ladies you know so men can't come up and say just because we've empowered the ladies then uh the boy child is more disadvantaged whereas men should take their role mm-hmm. in society and empower the boy child as well you know
1: exactly like, continue to empower the boy child is very empowered but he was very empowered at some point but we need to continue to ensure we're empowering the boy child yes because i feel like the the society and the men dropped that somewhere along the way like ah the boy child is fine
0: Akosawa, so they yeah. didn't
1: pay attention to the fact that it's something continuous if you're not continuously empowering you you can begin to fall behind mm. So that's what that's the role that we need to take up in society as 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 men as mothers. I am a mother of three boys out of my four kids; three are boys. Hey. So I'm very sensitive <laughs> about the issue of, of boy child because <laughs> I have three boy childs in my house. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Okay. So you wanted me to speak about the issue of a spouse, and coming to that, I think also. Um, as you've said, that's part of the boy child. How we bring up mm-hmm. our son. I think my mother-in-law did a great job bringing up um, her sons, and they are all very responsible, very supportive spouses. All of them.
0: So key, boy, the can... thing... shout out to them.
1: Yeah, shout mm-hmm. out to them. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. the Wakia mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, they are they are they are really great great men. Um, well brought up. So I think it starts first with their bringing. How 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 are we bringing up our sons? And the reason why it's important to have a supportive husband is um, first of all, he becomes your, 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 sounding board. So even as I journal, one of the other people who I speak to at three in the night is James, because I'll be able to sound check with him. I'm thinking of this. What do you think? And he's Mm -hmm. quite wise. So his advice has been very sound. Um, He's also been very supportive by being there for the kids when I'm busy. So, he drops the kids from school, he helps with homework, he goes for school events uh, when I'm not available. So that has really been uh, very, very supportive. Um, he's one of the people who calls me out. <laughs> hey. he also, yeah? yeah. So that's also part of the support, just uh, calling you out when you want to either make wrong decisions or just balancing the personality that he has that maybe I don't. Um he might mm-hmm. be more disciplined, say, on certain things and and for that he 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 does that. Um, and the other thing with him, he's a deep believer. Um, and that I think is one of the things that's most admirable that he's a deep believer, and that that's something he's imparted on 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 the kids and 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 and, and remains his compass. So he keeps the home aligned and in check with. with 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 with, with that aspect of 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 our lives our spiritual lives uh which 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 is great yeah so i think it's important yeah to have a supportive spouse and i really thank god that i do
0: yeah ah nice and Mm. again obviously with that support i know you're very ambitious so talk to me also about how is it being ambitious and how have you learned to be kinder to yourself because i know very ambitious people are not the most kind to themselves because you feel like you should have, I could have. There's so much potential I have, you know. So don't tell me about that. Now that you've laughed, I know there's a story there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um I'm have I, I have to just be deliberate about sometimes slowing down and uh and, and, and doing less. And also having kids helps a little bit because you're then trying to reduce the amount of energy you spend on chasing your dreams and focus on bringing them up. But you also know that your ambition is a good thing because it sh- it demonstrates to them that it's important to also strive to achieve your most in life. So one of the things I have learned to do over time is uh, to prioritize, to prioritize. In fact, I'm I'm thinking of my theme for 2020, 2023 And it's actually just going to be about simplifying my life. And you simplify by prioritizing. Because sometimes you're trying to do a million and one things. So even if you're ambitious, you can contain your ambition by prioritizing the most important things to do this year, this month, this week. So you're not trying to do everything at the same time. The other thing I'm learning and I've learned now is to say no. Because thing about <laughs> driven people and people are very ambitious, you say yes to many things. So you don't pass opportunities to pass you by. Oh, yeah. Can you do this? Can you sit in this board? So I have learned over time to say no um, and that I don't have to be in everything and everywhere. Um, and mm, I've, I've, yeah, I've, 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 I've over time just learned that it might be important to be ambitious. And it's great to continue to be. But the ambition should be within what is your purpose in life and really your well-being and your Mm. self-care. Because you can also drive yourself beyond your own ability, physically, mentally, emotionally. And that's how people end up emotionally drained with mental issues. So just being conscious about that is something that... I have learned with with
0: age, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And all this why did you have a
1: mentor? Um, I've I've had my greatest role model. I've always said is my mom. She passed away last month. I'm
0: so sorry to hear
1: that. Yeah. Um, mentorship for me, I've had different mentors because along the journey, the people I've either worked around or been around so for example when I worked in the airline my greatest mentor at that time was um I I worked under uh, uh, my my manager was Julie Mandu at some point she was amazing taught me the strings in issues of business process improvement customer relations and everything I worked under Anthony that was amazing also Titus Naikuni was a great mentor also Betty Minor, when, I was at, uh, when she was still at CAM. The entire board of CAM, because they were very hands-on, very supportive in different areas. Those who are strong on finance mentored me on finance. There are people who are great on governance. So I've learned a lot, and I really must say that one of the privileges I've had is I've stood on the shoulders of giants. I remember when I was appointed CEO, I went to Manu Chandaria's house. I just sat across the table, and I'm like, okay, so as I take this up, what do you think I should prioritize? And some of the advice he gave me was really my sounding board through that season. And learn from corporate leaders, the best corporate leaders in the country. I sat like on the COVID board with the, with, with with James Mwangi, um, Jane Karuku. So I've learned a lot and I've been mentored uh by many, many people. So for me, mentorship is not let's sit down, let's do a mentorship plan. Can you be my mentor? Mine is I learn. I'm very, I'm very. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a learner I learn a lot from observation from being around people I ask questions I actually implement in fact my mom used to say the one thing about you is that you listen and you are willing to learn mm-hmm. so that for me is what really mentorship is it's not let's have a mentorship relationship it's learning from people observing listening correcting your mistakes relearning and unlearning yeah so all that for me is what mentorship
0: is about. Mm, interesting. I love how you said standing mm. on the shoulders of giants. So some of us will also be standing on your shoulders as we move <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm happy to mentor in that way. and to yeah.
0: But even with that, I think I want to ask you as well, tell me a bit about mm-hmm. now the story of becoming CEO. Is it that you woke up and you knew today is the day I get appointed? Was it <laughs> Gafla Bin Voo? <vu>? You know, <laughs> how was it uh, uh. all <laughs> um
1: let's let's say it was a journey because um when when i joined Cam, i worked under betty minor uh, the cs the outgoing cs of industry and uh betty had worked in Cam, i think for nine nine years by that time and her last contract was coming to an end so about three new people joined at that time and all of us were reporting to her and the plan was to start learning under her. So within a year, I think two of the other people left. So I was the only one left from the three who joined, but also I, 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 I did a great job as the head of policy and I had a great team in the policy team. So we got a lot of things done when I was heading that department. And mm-hmm. Betty, as a good mentor, would throw responsibilities in my way, you know, like yeah. get me, throw me into the deep end and make me. So she really stretched me uh, when I was doing that job. So when her contract was almost coming to an end, I was appointed as in April of that year. What do they call it? CEO designate for three months. And then I took over after three months. So mm-hmm. it was that transition period where for three months, she, Betty was still in the organization as CEO, and I was the CEO-designate for three months under her before she uh, left. Yeah, so that gave a very good opportunity for a smooth transition, for the smooth handover and, and 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 everything. But of course, the learning curve of a job is you actually do it when you're actually on the job, <laughs> but it yeah. helps to have that that period of transition and support. And so yeah. for you, so even...
0: Uh-huh. Was it yeah. all you'd I, ever dreamed of? Was it to your expectations? Was it lesser than? And again, for you, I've actually noticed that for you, you don't, you've not made it your whole personality. You know how some of us would be CEO, and even after CEOship, we'd tell you about how you were CEO and how you know, like, we'd make it our whole personality. We wouldn't be able to distinguish Billy and their role. So for you, how are you able to balance and keep and stay grounded, really, on remaining who you are? before and even after and even during uh, being uh, the chief executive officer of CAM? Um,
1: My personal belief is that positions don't define us. God Mm -hmm. defines who we are. So with or without titles, position, he knows who we are. So I have... Over time, not allowed myself to be defined by positions, by titles, by you know. In fact, a lot of times, <laughs> uh, people would walk into my office and they first. Mm. In fact, a lot of my emails used to be dear Philip, because they assumed if you're the CEO of an association of manufacturers, you must be a man, <laughs> and then you must probably be old. <laughs> so, I remember the shock when some people would walk into my office. You can imagine. I'm 32, <laughs> I'm not a man, I'm a woman, uh, I'm young. So for me anyway, my dif- what defines you is your competence, your character, your credibility. Those are the things you bring to the table. And it doesn't matter what you call me, whether you call me CEO, whether you call me head of policy, whether you call me the person on the corner. One of the things I've always believed is that thing of whatever you're doing, if it's sweeping, sweep it to perfection. If it is writing, write to perfection. If you're podcasting, podcast to perfection. So that in your corner, you're demonstrating that things can be done and done well. So it's not about the title. So you're right that I've not carried that with me. I don't hang it on my head or hold it over people that you know I am there. No, that's not my personality. And Mm -hmm. that's who I am. And I believe in servant leadership. Leading Mm. from a a place of service. And the good thing is that the the organization I worked for as CEO was a business membership organization. It was an organization about service, about members, about putting your members first, about putting the country first because we are driving an agenda on manufacturing and job creation. So it, it was about service and bigger than us. And for me, leadership is about that. How do we go and fix the problems of society? How do we go and address the issues that affect our people within the privileged positions that we have. So it's about solutions. It's about fixing issues. It's about providing opportunities for others using the platforms we have by creating bigger impact. So that's what I spent my time doing for the seven years um, when I was CEO and the nine years I was at CAM, trying to do more to have an impact in society, starting a skills development program. I remember Manu, the time we had the conversation, one of the things you must do is support small businesses. And I, we, under my leadership, we set up an SME hub and we started handholding manufacturing SMEs. The issue of women in manufacturing, I founded the women in manufacturing program at CAM because of that gender issue where women were very highly underrepresented in the manufacturing sector. Uh, during COVID, I did a lot of work with the teams at CAM, at the ministry, and at the fund board for the private sector to ensure that we kept Kenya moving. I remember when we started, none of those things, COVID related items were being manufactured in Kenya. And Jane Karuko and I said, we are not procuring anything unless it's made in Kenya. And we handheld the farms until people started making coveralls, aprons, gloves, masks in the country. So for Mm. me, leadership is about impact. Leadership Mm -hmm. is about making a difference. It's not about holding and, and, I mean, loading over people the title and the position you have. That's my view
0: (laughs) of leadership. Ah, nice. I love that view of leadership because a lot of us, especially, I think, a lot of people in high school, your leadership is the one for holding over people and not being Mm. a servant leader. Like, you guys must know that it is me Mm. and I won't set an example. Rather, I'll just give instructions and the rest of you will, you know, Follow. Yeah,
1: that's that's my that's my lesson. That's my view, and it doesn't mean that that way you won't get things done. There are times tough conversations must be have. I mean, must be hard. There are time issues must be dealt with in a different way. So I'm more for adaptive leadership, being Mm. being flexible and knowing when to apply what style of leadership. Mm. But for sure, no style of leadership for me is about. Looking down on people and trying to show that you're boss unnecessarily. Mm. That's not yeah. my style at all. Yeah. But I believe in adaptive leadership and knowing that leadership will always have to adapt to the situation around you.
0: Mm. Yeah. And so, even with you being a trailblazer, did you ever experience imposter syndrome?
1: Um, imposter syndrome is a syndrome which, as a reality, I think all human beings experience. I'm learning that whether they are male or female, but women experience it more. (laughs) Um, And and, and unfortunately, but it's one of those things, even if you're experiencing syndrome, I always believe in showing up. So sometimes you'll wake up and you really don't feel like showing up, really don't feel like standing up to give marks on an issue or something. But one of the things I always do to myself, even until now, say that I'm holding the mantle myself i'm representing at that time i was representing the youth i was representing the girl child i was representing a child of god and knowing that god cannot put you in a situation in a position and not give you the ability to navigate or to deliver so with that i would always take myself to go out and do whatever needs to get done does it mean that Mm -hmm. i never had imposter syndrome no imposter it lives with us even until today all of us but it's and till today, and not and not just for me, for, for many of us human yeah. beings. But the difference is that you won't even know because I will always show up and do what needs to get done.
0: <laughs> mm. so At the end of the day, uh...
1: that's the reality. Yeah, yeah, that's the reality. That you must show up, you must do what needs to get done, and it, you'll you'll hear those sounds in your ears once in a while, and you just ignore them because yeah. it's it. it it it's it's you're you're bigger than that mm. but it doesn't mean you will not hear um the voices in your head that sometimes make you want to doubt yourself but i always draw back and look at the journey i've walked look at how much progress i've made look at the impact the things i've done have had to others and to lives and it kills that voice immediately
0: yeah yeah I think that is very powerful because, again, I was thinking about it. How many people do actually don't show up? Actually showing up that's takes thing. so much effort. Uh-huh.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Uh-huh. I'm agreeing with
0: you. Uh-huh. Yeah, that a lot of people don't show up. Like, we might, you know how, Felice, you've said it. It might seem easy to just ignore those voices and show up. But it actually takes a, a strong mind to actually show up. Because a lot of people would rather not show up, honestly. And that's why it even calls you a one person because that courage and that determination to actually do the things a lot of us are not willing to do, are not willing to put ourselves out there because a lot of us let that voice win, let everyone who else, what everyone else is saying win. Vis-a-vis just, as you said, the days you don't want to show up, you just say, let me show up. Like, it did not matter. And someone said 99% of the actual doing the thing is just showing up. I've seen you work out. So definitely know these things that, even with working, yeah. as long well as we think at gym, you'll do In what metasha. you have
1: to do. In metasha. There you go. There you go. And, and and that that voice that makes you doubt your skills your talents your accomplishments how you fight it back is by always showing up and i agree with you on what you're saying is many people never show up and we never know it yes it's the time in the room they say who wants to do something and no one wants to put their hand up me and those people who i remind you always go up uh, who wants to be i will do it i will do it and even when I'm putting up, say, I will do it. Of course, you're hearing the voices, but I will always show up. I will always do, volunteer to do, because that's how you fight. Yes.
0: <laughs> that imposter syndrome. Yeah. And again, even sometimes you don't know how you're going to do it, but you will still say, let me do it. You know, you will figure it exactly. out along the way.
1: You'll figure it out. In fact, I've always said that, because even when, when I was asked to be CEO, you can imagine... I'm 30, I was 31, I think. Or 30, whatever. So the transition is happening and Bride, yes, I will do it. It was so scary, but I said yes. And I did it. <laughs> and yeah. that's a no good idea. No. That's would to be the end. end. So there you go. So my dear, one of the things I believe say yes to opportunities. And I always, it is one thing I do. I say yes. I'm i, I just did a fellowship, the Eisenhower fellowship in the in the US, I was there for almost two months uh, from October. And at the end of it, they wanted me to give the speech on behalf of all the fellows. And I had just lost my mom a week before that. So when they reached out and asked me to do it, I almost said no. Because my state of mind, you can imagine yeah. at that point. Yeah. But even then, I said yes. And I told them, my, I am mentally not there but i know by the time i need to do it i will be mentally there so i will say yes Yes. so just learning to say yes to opportunity being kind to yourself because the reality is by the way there are times you genuinely can't show up there are times emotionally because also let's be conscious of the fact that sometimes you're really emotionally not there so when those days once in a while are there just be kind to yourself and maybe on that day don't show up but don't make it a habit not to show up because we also mm. don't want to push people to the point of mental illness and emotional instability because genuinely there are times you're having a bad day and you can't do it yeah so be kind to yourself and learn to distinguish between humility and fear because sometimes you're trying to be humble about things so you're not saying yes because you're being humble sometimes you're fearful so if you know which one it is you're then able to know how to respond to, to each of them. And then the other, the other important thing, I'm a perfectionist, but uh, to deal with right? imposter syndrome, you have to let go of perfectionism, because sometimes do it even if it's not perfect. Because mm. the reason people say no or feel like imposters is because they expect to be perfect as individuals or for situation to be perfect or for them to be 100% ready. Sometimes you're not 100% ready, but you need to do it. So just let yes. go of trying to be perfect.
0: So for you, you can perfect, perfect as you move along.
1: Easy. Yeah, I've learned to perfect as I move along that not all the ducks have to be lined in. Everything has to be perfect. Start mm-hmm. and perfect as you move along. That thing they say that um, perfect can be the enemy of. There's, there's that saying about perfection of the good, that perfect mm-hmm. can be the enemy of the good. Because sometimes you're waiting to be perfect to do it, and then you never get to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So in short, we put ourselves out there at do will But don't go put and then don't learn. Because
1: yeah. it's, it's another thing to go put yourself, but now be willing to put the work to mm. do that thing. So when I put myself out there to say, let me be CEO, I then had to wake up at 4.30 every day. I then had to read. I then had to learn how to write opinion editions, how to speak in public, how to be a spokesperson. You can wake me up in the middle of the night and I'll give you an interview you then have to learn the things. But say yes and then learn them immediately.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yes, if you pass, yes comes with the work as well.
1: Yes, oh yes comes with the work. Because you Mm -hmm. must go and deliver,
0: yeah. So for you, would you classify yourself now as an introvert or an extrovert?
1: I'm an introvert.
0: Yes, and I I can figure that out by you saying normally you'd sit in your room, but now you say take a walk. I want to ask you about yeah. being an introvert in an extroverted world where extroverts, like our friends who are extroverts, it's easy for them to say the yeses. It's easy for them to gel with people more. It's easy for them to, one, take up these roles. Like, I'm sure CEO is a role you can't lock yourself in your office and say, I just want to be with yourself. Like, every day there's someone who wants to talk. There's a meeting. There's someone... You have to fly out. You have to do all these things. You have to... You're very people-based. So for you, how... Has it been being an introvert in an extroverted world?
1: You know, the funny thing is, if there, if there are people who I say I'm an introvert, they laugh until they sit down because, because I'm a social person. Mm-hmm. For me, what, what I believe introversion is to me is I solve my problems internally. Um, the, the, the things I was telling you, I journal, I think through things. I'm very deep in how I approach things. And my first resort when there's commotion or things is I go internal. But extroverts benefit from external energy much more than introverts. There's a time I did this character test and what they said is I am a private extrovert but a public introvert. So my personality Mm. is very, yeah. So I'm not the, you know, there are introverts who are 100% introverted for mm. me, I'm social and around people who are close to me, my private circle. I'm very extroverted. I'll be the life of the party. I'll speak, but in the public, I'm very guarded about the things I will say, and I'm very private about my personal issues and my personal things. Yeah, so it's a very interesting place. Yeah, so I'm I'm an introvert, but who has an extroverted side, mm. especially around people who I'm close to.
0: So for you again with that was it easy for you navigating public life now that I, your life is like there's always someone watching like was do you ever experience that that even when you go to the gym things you're doing like there's no that there's no sense of uh uh privacy like you see how Billy can just do anything he wants without thinking what will people think is there anyone who might be recording is that you know so how was it for you being in the public life or being, rather, in the public life?
1: You know, I'm not like Kim Kardashian or a celebrity. Let's start but there. you know, when was would tweet? Can you, just, <laughs> can you wake up today and say,
0: I just want to tweet whatever?
1: You have to think. Okay, no, you're right. Exactly? Because of the responsibilities here yeah, in society, and it then only come from my role as CEO. I'm a mother, my am a wife. Yeah. I'm a leader in many, many different aspects. So, for sure, that is something that, 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 that I'm conscious about. Um, uh, but I'm also very, I never, I am who I am. What you see mm. is what you get. I don't have a mm. double personality. Mm-hmm. So there was no side of me that, I, this one I don't want you to see, this one I want you to see. So mm. I think that makes it easy when you what you see is what you get in, in me. I'm not a, i'm 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 who i am and that i think made it easier because i to have a persona for the gym a persona for the restaurant a persona for when i'm ceo a persona for when i have the same persona so that really really helped um and because of that then you're not having to be conscious that what i'm doing in the gym is right or wrong you Mm. just live your life yeah yeah and also just that thing i said about not taking yourself too seriously because sometimes i think we take ourselves much more seriously than everyone does Mm. because who cares like for you how many times will you sit and start thinking about someone else and people are so busy with their own lives and their own stress sometimes Mm. that (laughs) for me i've always said that why we should i I don't take myself that seriously that oh now people are now thinking of feelings no so yeah, I just try and live. I live a normal life. Mm. All those things notwithstanding.
0: Yeah. Mm. Cause that's so true. But of course, I so take uh-huh. cognizance
1: of the responsibility I take cognizance of the responsibilities, but I live a normal life.
0: Yeah.
1: You're saying something about our lives being busy.
0: No, I, I was saying like I was just agree that our lives are so busy. I was just even thinking about it as you said it. Like how many mm. times in a day you start thinking about how many people, like even you yourself. You think about yourself so much that you can't have time to something about oh so what is phil is doing is she, she doing the right thing what is who doing you know there you go <laughs> that's that's <laughs> yes. fact yeah never that yes mm-hmm. so even as you wind up i have two questions last questions one mm-hmm. would be talk to me about the experience of living in answered prayers because i really want to So that when that blessing comes for me, I'll know how to handle Mm -hmm. it. Because a lot of people have gotten these opportunities but have not known how to handle it. Like, you've gotten there and you just fumble everything. You know? So sometimes we pray for the blessings but never know how to pray on how to handle Mm -hmm. these blessings. And for you, you've handled your blessings so well. And God has evidently continued adding more. So how have you learned to live in answered prayers? And two is, if you were to advise little Phyllis, what advice would you give her? And if you were to write a letter to future Phyllis, what would be the contents maybe of that letter?
1: Okay, you've asked many questions. I might make you repeat some of them. It's Uh, fine. (laughs) But the first one is on the issue of, um, first of all, thank you for the compliments um, about uh, the fact that from your observation, I have been blessed and that I have not allowed the blessings to change the core of who I am. Thank you for mm. that feedback. It's, it's very... very admirable. Very, it's very humbling. Thank you. Um, so for me, the power of answered prayers, first of all, the reason I'm prayerful, my mom was very prayerful. So from the time we were kids, she's the one who you would wake up in the morning at X hours. She's in the sitting room on her knees praying for everyone. And so was her mom and so my is my dad but really just the prayers of my mom are really something that taught me the importance of having a constant walk and relationship with god so i have my my view is that ability of just constantly having that talk and walk with god is important because it it helps to unlock those doors those dreams those ambitions it, it, it's the key actually it's the key and prayer for me is two ways it's you speaking to god but also allowing god to speak to you because in those moments even my journaling a lot of my journaling is about prayer is about talking to god and allowing him to speak to me through his word through others through intuition but just being directed by that conversation that two way conversation uh, with with God. So having said that, when prayers like that are answered, you stay humble because you know that it's not your doing. And at the end of the day, you keep that conversation going with the one who answers your prayer. And mm-hmm. you also realize that you're privileged And privilege gives you an opportunity to even be more humble and not to be arrogant. Mm. So just keeping that in mind for me has kept me grounded in knowing that (laughs) I should never take myself too seriously. Mm -hmm. Because what I have is a blessing. The things that come to me are blessings. And all of us will have the good and the bad in life. Mm. the good, the bad see. and the ugly mm. so that's that's the reality of life and appreciating when the good things come but knowing that even when the difficult things come, the same person who has given you the good is the same person who will take you through even the difficult things, yeah. so that for me has been what has been my journey and has kept me grounded no matter what, and mm. that I hope continues to keep me grounded. Um, yeah, and then having people around you who speak the truth to you. So keeping that close circle of friends. For me, luckily, my spouse, my parents, my siblings uh, are people who have known me from the time I was a child. So there's no Felicia who's going to at now come up and show up and become a mzungu here. Mm. Her. So uh. <laughs> having those people always <laughs> in your life. My friends, I always laugh and say, do you know I have a WhatsApp group with my primary school class? People I knew from the time I was, before I was in pre-units. We have a WhatsApp Uh. group together. Yes. When I'm having conversations with my friends who knew me from the time I was four, they've seen me when I had no hair. Uh. There's nothing to, so it keeps you grounded because you remember, you you know your journey. You know Mm. who you are. And not to say that achievement and i mean getting all these things in life is something that we can we can we we, we want to make small but it's just a reminder that it's a journey and we've all come from many places and we don't know what the journey is ahead of us um then what would i tell my younger self mm. oh my i would tell my younger self to trust the process <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah to trust the process and be patient with herself because uh, as I told you I feel like there are things I rushed through I didn't suffer the moment I, I could have enjoyed certain things or slowed down a bit more in some areas so I would just tell myself to trust the process and to be patient
0: mm-hmm. yeah future Ooh,
1: my future self um my future self is that my best days are ahead of me i remain an optimist Mm -hmm. and even despite the challenges of life and all the difficult things that happen i'm very clear that my best life is still ahead of me and i still have great opportunities and challenges ahead and that i need to continue to live my life um actually um, Stephen Covey, who is my favorite writer, the author of the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, his book released this year is called Living: How to Live Your Life in Crescendo. Mm. Your most important work is always ahead of you. So that's I, I, I plan to read it fully in 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 December while I'm lying at at the beach. But it's really. Is, hey. Closing okay. book to us, yes. Kwa mm. beach. You remember? You. You've been working the whole year.
0: Eh? Hey, you deserve hmm? a
1: break. I deserve a break. Eh, hey, but I've had a rough year. Because my mother has died, so that's a rough year that deserves he a break. I've
0: been Diani, Zanzibar, Seychelles, Mauritius.
1: Come on, anijua am not i Diani. i Diani every year for for the longest. So. Oh. Uh, I I love I love the Kenyan beach. I love the <laughs> Kenyan beach of dear, but I I, I well, of course. But my Christmas is Nini. But yeah. So really, for me, it's really saying that I really believe that my best days are still ahead, um, and that mm-hmm. God keeps me here. I'm going to continue to use my time, my talents, my resources, my passion to enrich the lives of the people around me. Mm. So that is now the next set of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm now over forty, so this season is about service. It's about giving my all to the things that matter most to me. So I'm going to be very keen about prioritizing and really seeing how, even as I live in this, um, in 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 this season past forty. That I continue to really be conscious about how I can support the people around me, how I can live my full purpose um, in life. So mm. it's yeah, it's a season where I continue to redefine my my my, my definition for success. Because mm. maybe when I was eighteen, my definition of success was about being a CEO at my thirty-five, getting my degrees going up the seasuit etc which i did and i'm i'm happy i did but for this season of my life i'm really clear that i want to fully embrace what my purpose is in life and this year i think I've there's something exciting that i want to do into the future you'll hear more about it probably next year mm-hmm. um and 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 really see how i can sow seeds that benefit others mm. god has been good to me um, and I, I'm sure he'll continue to be into the future, but also how do I continue to give more to mm. society through mentorship, through other things. So yeah, I, I have Tinsight that uh, uh, is a youth development organization. I registered many years ago, about mm. 15 years ago. And I do work with it problem, but this year I did a bit of a soft launch, and Grace Bosire is the CEO of that team site. So next year, you're going to do a lot more on youth development. Hey! Um, I'm also going congrats. to uh-huh. work on mentorship. Yeah, I want to do more on mentorship. I've been receiving so many messages on LinkedIn. Can you start a mentorship program? So I'm going to start something next year. And from my Eisenhower Fellowship, um, I'm looking at doing something for women in the African continent in mm. terms of um, supporting the the, 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 the growth of their businesses and everything. So during my fellowship for the two months I was, I mean, for that period I was in the US, I met a lot of contacts and relevant people who I'll be working with to set up um, that platform. Yeah, so mm. interesting things ahead. And yeah, looking forward to continue to deliver through Tony Blair Institute, the work that I'm currently doing as an advisor on some interesting projects in Africa Yeah, so Mm. for my future self, I think, yeah, let's live life and present our best days ahead of us. Ahead of us.
0: Ah, nice. Uh, First, I love how you you really want to pay it forward and mentor more people, but again, how uh, you've not even spoken about you being CEO and all these positions you've had as luck. And I love that you've given credit to God and even just now your work ethic and your hard work because... A lot of guys want to say luck, but I never really think it's luck. Because clearly, if you want to continue doing these things even for your future, then it wasn't really luck. There's some seeds you've planted and you've sowed, and now you're reaping the benefits. And I hope, even as you start the mentorship program, that a lot of people will see the value and also reap the benefits, that one day I might interview them as well. Or someone might interview me, hint hint, and say, yeah, mm-hmm. you better quote one, me. season three. <laughs>
1: you had better quote me
0: (laughs) for sure you know this is my episode one season three so
1: oh that's amazing but you're doing a good job by the way with the podcast um you're my friend on instagram so i see when you post and i'm I'm very proud of you and i've seen the awards you get and everything so congratulations you're really really scoring in your area and really living up your purpose also by influencing others lives uh through through the work you're doing so i'm very proud of you also
0: the end in mind as you said the end in mind yeah.
1: <laughs> and your and, most important work is always ahead of you so keep going
0: and i always yeah. say this that we have interesting conversation like i never mm-hmm. know it to end and i always have one last question so i'll ask you the one yes. last question uh-huh. so really does life begin at 40 <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my god i feel like it does a di- from a different from a different angle why it begins is you see things from a different lens mm-hmm. and as you've heard my foot and into the future i'm going i'm going to simplify my life much more i'm mm-hmm. going to prioritize much more my energy and where i i put it But I'm going to ensure also that I'm sowing seeds that benefit others and using the lessons and the opportunities I've had in the last 40 years to mentor and grow those around me, starting with my own kids, because now they are the place where people are going to uni, they are shaping their own careers. So supporting them to think through how they navigate life and navigate this journey that all of us are on. And beyond my kids, the different... Uh, places I am in society, just offering what I have learned along the way to benefit um, them, and also giving my time to 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 support whether it's institutions through governance. So I'm probably going to do more of sitting on boards and advisory type work um, because I feel it's 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 more impactful and it's a better use of my energy than maybe necessarily. Um, uh, what what I've done in the past, which was great at that time, but in, I'm looking to do more in terms of governance and everything. Oh, and I'm getting my PhD next year, by end of next year. I'm almost hey, done, so, Jesus. yeah. So, so it prepare will be a for the season, a season and a half. Give us um, one year I'm, 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 I'm need to I <laughs> slow down. <laughs>
0: You know, you me simplify. Well, well, you're living life in the No break. Oh. I don't know 2023, 20, I'll just lay back. You won't be saying. this laid That's my box. laid back
1: version. That's my laid back version. That so so is not me. prioritize. Is only need to peke. ah, 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 prioritize.
0: Ah 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 How gear one to this. What something uh, slow ah, back seat.
1: Yeah, is hey, the <laughs> see your For year one, these are the three things I'll do. I won't, I won't kill myself and do. So I'll be very clear about the issues I need to take up in year one. Uh, hey. So that is,
0: that is the simplified version of me. Eh, hey, please, please, go. <laughs> Soon, in the future, in a few years, ask your kids how was it having such ambi- an ambitious mother and for that matter parents was it more motivation or was the pressure just too much that every time you think of sleeping an extra minute you remember your mother somewhere is somewhere in the world doing great things and you want to sleep on this bed
1: <laughs> no i'm kind i'm kind to them but i'm i'm liking how they are growing up and how they're not for out. them
0: for themselves you know there's that pressure <laughs> just give yourself just say wow mom is doing all these things like like even for me I for me as long as I it's say, self-pressure <laughs> for me i've been given the resources opportunities like i don't have an opportunity to slack and say you know how people can say oh i didn't have the opportunities i didn't have books yeah. i didn't have you have all these things so there's no point you can say your parents slacked kidogo that's why you the ball fair yeah so for you you can't, the see see people, can't yeah.
1: you know <laughs> but the good thing about my kids one of the things I've tried to inculcate in them is I want them to be self-driven mm-hmm. so I'm not that parent who sits there to force you to do homework or to force you to be number one over time you figure out that you must do it for yourself so they are very self-driven it's about mm-hmm. you choosing and realizing on your own that you need to show up and you need to do your best and for me, that has really been the most important thing, that they need to learn to be self Don't do it for me. Do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. You, are fine. For yourself you're fine. Future. <laughs> you I'm know. fine, not because I have everything I need in life, but because
0: I'm with what I have. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, when Phyllis says she doesn't <sighs> have anything she needs in life, you start wondering, what more does Phyllis really want in life? You know? <laughs> But as you said, that's what I said. Like what I, said
1: I, I yeah, I'm very <laughs> content. I'm happy with what I have. I'm very happy with what I have. There's a lot of things I don't have a jet, for example. I don't have a house in There are many things I and don't. Year, but years, for yet. me, they don't matter. They hey. don't matter. They are not the most important things in life. As yeah. long as I have a roof over my head, shoes on my feet, and the ability to wake up tomorrow and do something, I'm sure that. No matter what, I can always pick up and move on, mm. Mm. and beyond every
0: December as well. Add that to the list of the basics these days, you know. Blessings, blessings. So, <laughs> amen. I'll let the listeners to the bush and port for us and good, the bad, and bush and tell us all the things they've loved about this episode. I love that we're starting season three on such a high note. Thank you so much, Phyllis, for coming to the podcast. I really appreciate you for gracing the podcast have a lovely week ahead folks and cheers